We're up to Daf Samach Aleph the bottom line. Um, the Mishnah said that if a person says he's not going to eat wine, and not going to drink wine until the kayetz is over, the kayetz was the fig harvest, the halacha is, when do you define the harvest as being over? So the Mishnah said, the Gemara said, the Mishnah said, until the mats are folded or the knives are folded, it's different mefarshim. But basically, that was the simon. That was the simon. When the knives are folded up, meaning when people put their knives away, they're not even having the knives out to trim the dates, uh, the figs, at that point the fig harvest is over. Awesome. Meaning, and even if they're, I'm not sure, and yeah, maybe upstairs, we did a daf yesterday upstairs, and even <laughs> if there are people that are still harvesting figs, the, the, the harvest is officially over. Now that's negeya this halacha with nedarim, because you made a neder that ends by the end of the harvest, but there's actually a much more practical halacha, it says the Gemara Tana, first of all it says, Again, we'll go with knives, are stored away. They put the knives that were used for harvesting away when the majority are put away. Because that's also the thing. I'm sure there are some people that are super early, and there's some people super late. You go with majority, fine. Now, Tana, this is a very, very practical application. Once most of the knives are put away, you could eat the rest of the figs that you find in, in the fields. Because once the majority of people are already done harvesting, then the harvest is officially over. You could assume people are miyayish and people are mafkir, not miyayish, people are mafkir, the remaining figs in their fields. Even though, again, this is only majority, meaning there are some people that are still harvesting. But once the majority has done it, you could assume that the average person is mafkir, you can eat whatever figs you find, and whatever figs you find, they're pots of meiser, because we know that anything that's hefker, that you don't have to separate shrimps and meisers from what you gather from hefker. So once the majority of people have already put away their knives, then the harvest is officially over, then everything is hefker, you can eat it, there's no gazel, and there's no problem, there's no chiyav of meiser. That's the chiddush of the Gemara. So now the Gemara is going to bring three or four meiser, just stories that back this up. It's a very interesting, there's some interesting gemaras, there's interesting stories. This is, this is how I got it, so we'll run through it fairly quickly. Rebbe and Rebbe Yaisi Bar Yehuda were traveling. They got to a certain town uh, after the majority of people had already put away their knives, so the, 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 the harvest was officially over. So Rebbe was eating figs that he found in the field. Because even though, again, there are some people still harvesting, but since the majority are done, the rest is officially halachically hefker. Rav Yaisi Bar Yehuda Loyachal. He didn't want to eat because he was afraid that because there are some people that are still harvesting and they're not mafkarit, he didn't want to eat something that he felt was gazela, so he didn't eat. So the Gemara says, The owner of the figs came out and said to Rav Yaisi Bar Yehuda, He said to Rav Yaisi Bar Yehuda, Why aren't you eating? The majority of people have already done put away their knives, meaning the harvest is over. And then it's over. It's hefker. Then it's hefker. So again, Rav Yisrael is refusing to eat because he knows that while there, the majority of people are done, there are some people still still harvesting. So he didn't want to eat. The owner comes out and says, "No, eat. Why aren't you eating? Isn't the harvest officially over?" No, just average. Once the harvest is over, the assume is your mafker. So the Gemara says, Even though the owner said to Rav Yehuda, you should eat, because the harvest is officially over, Rav Yehuda still didn't eat. Why? 
He thought the person was being sarcastic. And the owner comes out and says, and says the same words. He says, eat, the harvest is over. That's giving permission. Or he says, eat, the harvest is over. Like, you, meaning, he could have been saying it sarcastically that, like, just because the majority of people, you think the harvest is over? Harvest is not over, because I haven't, I haven't finished. So because Rabbi Yehuda didn't want to start interpreting his, his uh, you know, the way he was doing, whether he was sarcastic or not, he just said, okay, forget it, forget it I'm not eating a b'chla. But again, it's all based on the same premise, that once the majority... Once the majority of the once the majority of people are done harvesting, the harvest is officially over. Then everything left in the fields of the figs is considered hefker. So the Gemara says, Rav Chaim Bar Chanina Ikla Hu Aser. Rav Chaim Bar Chanina went to a certain place. When most of the people had already put away their knives, so the harvest is officially over. Havagacha, he was eating the figs. Yad Lushmaya, he gave to his gabai. Lo Yachol, but the gabai didn't want to eat. Amr he said, Echol, eat. This is what I was told by Rishmah Yosi from his father of Yosi. Once the majority of people, it's already a tough Christian you're allowed to eat. And he told his Gabbai probably because he didn't want his Gabbai to, it doesn't, doesn't look good. For his Gabbai to be more machma than him, it makes it look like he was making it up. He was saying, no, it's it's api halacham. Now, the Gemara says the following Maisa. This is a very interesting Maisa. Rav Tarfin Gavra. So, what's the story is again, this is a very interesting Misa. The story goes that again, once the majority of people are done harvesting, then the harvest is officially over, and you're allowed to eat whatever figs you find in the field because it's Hefker. So that's what Rav Tarfin did. Rav Tarfin was eating the figs in the field. Now this is officially Mutter. The owner of the field comes out and sees Rav Tarfin eating his figs. He doesn't know that it's halachically permitted, or he doesn't care. I will see exactly what bothered the owner. So what the owner does, in a very rational way, he put Rav Tarfin in a sack, and he brought him to the river to drown him in the river. That was his plan. Rav Tarfin is eating the figs, even though it's halachically permissible. The owner doesn't like it. The owner goes out, sees Rav Tarfin, grabs him, puts him in a sack, and takes him to the river to drown him. Okay, so Omar Loi, so if Tarfin's in the sack, so if Tarfin says, Sham Tarfin What was the Tarfin that he's about to be killed? Meaning, if Tarfin basically said, uh, in other words, you, do you know who I am? I'm, I'm, I'm Tarfin, like I'm the Rav Tarfin. So, what was the Tarfin that he's about to be killed? So Shama Hugavra, so the owner hears who this person in the sack is. Shav Kivarak, he leaves the bag and he runs away. Now. You'd think that Rav Tarfin would have been relieved, but the Gemara says, The rest of Rav Tarfin's life, he had charot, and he felt bad that what he did, because, not that he saved his life, but, What was to me that I used Tyra for my own gain? Meaning, he was only saved because he was a Rav, and he was a Tamachachim. And he used that for his personal gain. And he felt bad that his entire life, he felt bad. The Gemara is eventually going to explain the reason why he felt bad. He could have saved himself through money. Rav Tarfin had money. He didn't have to say who he was. He didn't have to use, you know, the fact that he's the Rav Tarfin, the Tamachachim Rav Tarfin. He said Tarfin, but he knew that Tarfin was Rav Tarfin. He knew, he knew what it would happen. He felt bad that he, he, he felt, again, Rav Tarfin also, if you learn enough Shah, he was a Bishamayit, he was a very, very a Din, he was a Alpi Din, and um, someone who comes from Ches and Rachim is not going to be bothered by this, but he was a, it was a Din to Giyid, and he felt that, that he shouldn't have done this, he should have saved himself through bribery. 
the guy didn't have to know who he was. He had enough cash on him. He could have just said, "Hey, I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay the debt." So he was upset that he used this when he had another alternative method to save himself. Now the Gemara talks about using um, the crown of Torah, which is basically using the glory of Torah for your personal gain. That this was an extreme version of it. A much more simple version would be, uh, you know, I'm a rabbi. I, you know who I am, and and uh, you know, getting honor for for things that, uh, that shouldn't be honoring you. Anyone who uses the crown of Torah for personal benefit, Nekim and Oilam will be removed from the world. What's the source? Kavachoymer Balshetzer. Shenashtavish Bukikoidish Shenasu Klichol. I'll tell you how it's going to Balshetzer used famously, he, um, he used the Kalim of the Beis Hamikdash. And he was celebrating, he thought was the end of the 70 years. He was using the Kalim Beis Hamikdash, right? And there was a writing, right? Or the writing on the wall that said that you're going to be killed. And he, was, he died that night as a punishment for using the Kalim of the Beis Hamikdash. But what people don't realize is the second the Kalim of the Beis Hamikdash were taken out of the Beis Hamikdash, Bo Prutzim Vichililuha, they lost their Kedusha. It's a special halacha that once Goyim take over the Beis Hamikdash and remove the Kalim, the Kalim lose their Kedusha. So which means he was using Kalim of the Beis Hamikdash that were not actually holy. And still, it was such an affront to Hashem that he was killed. So someone who uses the crown of Torah, which is alive, for his own personal benefit, you'll be destroyed. So the Gemara says, Balshetzer. Balshetzer used sacred vessels for personal benefit, even though they weren't sacred anymore. The Pasuk says that they came into the Beis HaMikdash and made it profane, made it non-holy. That once the Kalim and Beis HaMikdash are removed, it's not considered holy anymore, and yet still, Nekim and Oilam, he was still destroyed that night, the Pasuk says, That night, Bashetzer was killed. So someone who uses the crown of Torah for his personal benefit, the Torah was always alive and is always holy, it can never lose its kedusha. You'll be destroyed. Now, the Gemara asks like this: Rav Tarfin is upset that he used his own kisrasal Torah, that he used the crown of Torah to save himself. What caused that? What was bothering the guy so much that the guy put him in a sack? What, what did Rav Tarfin do wrong? Meaning. If Rav Tarfin is eating at a time of permissibility, then what's bothering the guy? So the Gemara said, I mean, and, and, and I, I guess the assumption is that he, it's not that he didn't know that halacha, because that could be an easy, you just tell him, hey, it's mutter. Like, you know, before he throws you in the sack, like, what's the big deal? So the Gemara says, The answer is this guy had a thief who was stealing grapes from him all season. And he was annoyed that this guy has been stealing his grapes. He goes out and he sees Riftarfin eating the figs. He just assumes Riftarfin is the grape thief. So once he sees Riftarfin is the is the eating the figs, he just assumed oh Riftarfin must be the grape thief thief and, and and put him in the sack. So the Gemara says Akasha, wait a minute. Then why is Riftarfin upset? Meaning, if Riftarfin is upset, if the guy if all the Riftarfin did wrong was he was eating figs, when the guy thought it was also, but it was actually mutter. And he puts him in a sack. I understand why Rav Tarfin's upset, because Rav Tarfin could have easily saved himself by saying, hey, this is mutter. And he didn't. He used the crown of Torah. Get it. But if you're telling me the real taina was that he thought Rav Tarfin was a thief, a, a common criminal who had been stealing from him for months, what did he want Rav Tarfin to do? I understand not using the crown of Torah when there's an alternative. What's the alternative? If 
he, he, he so what do you want Rav Tarifin to do? To say, to say uh, I'll pay for the stealing of the grapes? Meaning, if, if the tain on Rav Tarifin is the figs, so then fine, you could save yourself by saying, I didn't steal the figs. It's not stealing. But if the taina is that you've been stealing grapes for months, so what do you want Rav Tarifin to do? To just accept the blame? So what did he do? He said, I'm not that guy. I'm Rav Tarifin. So what did you want from him? Meaning, I understand if there's an alternative way to save yourself, I get it. Then, then you can have a tainan of Tarifin. What's the alternative way? He's accusing him of not just stealing now, well, you could say I'm not stealing, of being a thief for the past year. So what do you want Rav Tarifin to do? The answer is, Rav Tarifin was very wealthy. Rav Tarifin was annoyed at himself that he should have paid it off. He should just bribe the guy. Let him think that he's a thief. It doesn't matter. Whatever. He, he, didn't, he shouldn't have used his his title as, as a rabbi for personal gain. Now, the Gemara says to talk about not using Torah for personal gain, the Gemara says, <laughs> The Pastor says, You should love Hashem to listen to His voice and to connect to Him. What does that mean? <laughs> a person should not say, <laughs> I'm going to learn Torah so that I'll be called a Chacham. <laughs> they call me Rebbe. I'm going to learn Gemara so everyone will treat me like a Talmud Chacham. Rather, learn out of love, all the honor will eventually come. But don't do it for the honor. But the honor will eventually come. You should write the words of Torah, inscribe them on your heart. And then what happens if you inscribe them on your heart? I mean, if you do it for the right reasons. You'll be eventually fortunate, mu'usher, you'll be, you'll be lucky. All the good things will come, but just don't do it for those reasons. Rav Tzadik, a similar thing, do it for the Creator, meaning keep Torah mitzvahs for God. And speak and, and, and learn Torah for the, for the sake of Torah. And don't make them a crown in order to make yourself glorious. And don't make them like a shovel, to use it to dig, to dig other people and to have personal gain. And what's the source? We had this before. And again, it's learned out from Balshatza. Now, a couple interesting halachas. Now the Gemara says the exact opposite of what we just said. That is that a person is allowed to tell people who he is to reveal that he's a Tamachacham so that they should know who he is. Now, you're going to say, I thought we just said it's us. And the answer is because two reasons. First of all, so they should know you're a Tamachacham so that they could actually learn from you. That's that's important that people should know when there's a Paisik in the community. That's very helpful. And also... It's that people, there is a concept of Yisim Nakiyim, that a person should not think that you're lower than you are. A person should know, should know your self-worth. Uh, Anivas is not, um, uh, humility is not not knowing who you are. It's it's letting it go to your head. But you could tell people that you're a Tamil Chacham, that's, that's allowed. The Pazah is that Avadi said to Elio Anavi, that I feared God my whole life. Avadi told Elio who he was. Oh, wait a minute. I thought Rav Tarfin was all upset that he disclosed his identity. So you're telling me it's Mutter. So the answer is, The answer is the same answer we had before, which is Rav Tarfin didn't have to. If it's necessary, it's allowed. Now the Gemara says, Rav Arami. 
Rav says, I have a contradiction. We just got finished saying that you could reveal yourself by saying you're, because Avadia told Eliyahu that he feared God is alive. But the Pasuk says, let other people praise you and don't praise yourself. So should you be praising yourself or not? The answer is, If people know who you are, you don't have to reveal yourself. You don't have to praise yourself. If people don't know who you are, then it's important. Sometimes you have to be able to tell because that's they have to know that, uh, you know, there's a there's someone who's you have to stand up for also for kavra Torah. If people know who if people don't know who you are, then they'll treat you um, differently and then not necessarily in the way that Torah should be uh, should be respected. I'll tell you a quick maisa. Uh, 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 you ever you ever notice sometimes there's like yeshiva guys that when they're learning gemara they get all animated and they, they start screaming. So it was a, a, a Rav Yafin told my brother he was at a wedding. And there was this young Koilo guy, and he he asked Ramosha Feinstein a Shaila, and he was getting all animated, Mamsha screaming at Ramosha, like, "What about this?" What about? So Ramosha, he said, Ramosha stroked his hand, and just said to him in Yiddish, he said, "Do you know who you're talking to?" He said, "Just remember who you're talking to." And I was like, "No, like don't 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 yell at me. Like I, I'm not I'm not your chavrusa. Like." He, I, I, Ramosha, it, it wasn't a lack of any of us. He would, Ramosha would call two Rosh Hashivas to Bezdin if they're having a dispute in their yeshiva. And one Rosh Hashiva once, he would do that. That's what he would do. He'd call them to arbitrate. So one Rosh Hashiva said, What are you, who, who are you to get involved in our yeshivas? Ramosha said, my yeshiva. He said, Ich bin the from all yeshiva. I'm the father of all yeshivas. He knew, he knew who he was. That's okay because the people have to know. They have to know who. That's that's not a as long as it doesn't go to your head and it's like you have to know the people had to know who Rav Schwab was and people had to know who the Chavetz Chaim was so again there's ways to do it but but if need be you got to tell people that's a, again there's different ways to tell people they have to know in a, in a Bakavadik way now these next gemaras I got to tell you there's some halachas are very hard to know exactly how we paskin because I was looking at the Rama uh, we'll run through it we'll see Amar Rabba Charlotte Sumer Abban Lameimar a Tamachacham is allowed to say. I'm a Tamachacham, Charlotte Tigabresha, and therefore um, I should go to the head of the line. The halacha is, and there, again, it's strange because it's so not like what we've been doing till now, but the halacha is that a Tamachacham goes first. That's one of his rights. The same way a Kayan goes first when it comes to Aliyahs, when it comes to benching, when it comes to getting things first, a Tamachacham also goes first. So if a Tamachacham's online, he's allowed to say, I'm a Tamachacham. Again, it's, I'll be honest with you, if a Tamachacham ever said, I'm a Tamachacham, it would be very. Um, Unbecoming, but but technically it's allowed. Now, how do I know that a tamachacham should go first when it comes to disputes or when it comes to lines, whatever? The pastor says the children of David were kehanim. Now, obviously, the children of David were not kehanim. David was from Yehuda, kehanim are from Levi. So, what does it mean the children of David were kehanim? It means the children of David, the tamidichachamim, are like kehanim. Just like a kohen takes the first portion, that there's covet that you show to a kohen that he goes first. Goes right. You ever? This is, by the way, this is the source. that when you get to the doorway, and there's a rav. Please, after you. This is the source. A tamachacham goes first. Ma kayan noita b'roish. Just like a tamachacham takes the, uh, just like a kayan takes the first portion. After tamachacham noita b'roish, a tamachacham also goes first. The kayan. How do I know that a kayan should be given first rights to things? The pasuk says, "You shall sanctify the kayan." By the way, this is the makar. That we allow a kain to bench, that we allow a kain to have the first aliyah. It's vikidashtai, you honor him. How so? All things of Kedusha, he's first. Go to the next page. Liftoyach Rishin, he's the first aliyah. 
Levarech Rishon, he gets the first bracha by benching. Litalmani Yofer Rishon, he gets the first portion. This is, by the way, it's not for now, but there's a whole sugya in the Rishonim of can a Tamachacham, who is a greater Tamachacham than a Kayin, does he go first? Because that has to do with the Rishonim discuss is the cover that you're showing that Kayin him personally, in which case that Tamachacham is greater, or is it the Kuhuna? Ramosha Feinstein used to prove that it was the kahuna as a whole, and therefore the only way a Tamachachim can go first is if he's greater than every living Kayan. If, listen, if there's a, you know, Rechaim Kinevsky was greater than every living Kayan, okay, fine, that's a different story. It has to do with asking a Kayan to step out by, uh, by laning. Uh, some shuls do it. I, I have only done it once in the nine years that we've done it, and the reason why I had to, it was Barsky's Boy by Yoim laning, and they're identical twins, and they're both Yisraelim, and I had no choice because I literally couldn't give one of them an aliyah, and I couldn't give neither an aliyah, that was, that was their bar mitzvah. So, in that case specifically, I had to ask the Kayin to step out. It was the only time, and I, I, you know, I it's not something I'd like to do. But it's this sugya of the covet for a Kayin and the covet for a Tamachacham are learned out from the same. The only difference is that the Kayin is the source, the Tamachacham is not the source. Now, this next Gemara is even, these next two Gemaras are even harder to understand. Amar the first, okay, this one's not so sure. Allowed to say, I'm not giving taxes. The, the reason is because they used to not, Tamid the Chum were exempt from taxes. So you were allowed to sign, you know, to check the box, I'm a Tamachacham to exempt yourself from taxes. How do I know the Pasuk says, no one will have uh, authority over Tamid Menida beloi v'halach. Now, what does that mean? Amrava menida minda zemnasamelach. That's land tax. Beloi zekesav gulgalta. That's head tax. V'halach zarnuna. That's the traveling tax. The point is, the pasuk is saying that that tamidachamim are not included in these taxes. So you could say you're tamidachamim to exempt for yourself that because you actually are. It's not a lie if it's true. Now, this next one is even harder because I checked the Ramah. We do not pasuk like this in a classic sense. There is a major iser. A large iser for a Jew to say he's a guy. It is a very big iser. It's brought down in in in, in Shulchan Aruch, Yeridayis and Mikufen and Zion. We do not do this unless it's to save your life. Now that does not mean to do avodah but to say you're a, a guy to save your life, pikuach nefesh could be it's allowed. This next gemara is very hard to understand how we pass. In Amar Rava, Shari is allowed to say Avda Dinuriano. I'm a priest of the fire worshippers. Why? They don't give taxes, meaning if that location they didn't give taxes, the priest, basically you say I'm a priest. Now, as a big pella. So the, the Gemara says, My time, Why is it allowed? Because you're just chasing away a line. You're just trying to avoid taxes. Now, so what, what the Ran says, why is this allowed? How could you say you're a guy? So the Ran says, the reason why it was allowed is because everyone knew he wasn't a priest. It was clear just to avoid taxes. So because it's 100% known and it was just a game, it was allowed. I gotta tell you though, I checked the Ramah, the Ramah says it is only allowed to do this if your life's in danger. If your life's not in danger, it's not allowed. So I'm not sure, maybe the taxes would cause your life to be in danger, I'm not 100% sure how to apply this practically, but for a Rav to say he's a priest, or, uh, um, well, yeah, okay, fine. What, 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 he's not a priest, so what is he, he's officially... Um, a minister, minister. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Send, send them a picture. Ravashi Havalehu Abba. We'll end with the end, we'll get to the end of the sugi, and then the rest of the mission is very easy. Ravashi had a certain forest that he owned. Zavnil Benur. Now, he sold the forest 
to a temple of fire worshippers. So now, why are you allowed to? They're obviously going to take the wood, chop it down, burn it for the fire to their god. Like, why? That's lifna either. You're putting a stumbling block before a blind person. You're causing them to sin. So the Gemara says, which is true, which is the majority of firewood is not used for idolatry. It's used for fire. Meaning, I don't have to... This is Ramosha, Ramosha Feinstein has a truth about this. And he says, lifna either means causing someone to stumble. But if I give someone a permissible item and they want to use it for their own negative things. That's their choice. So like Ramosha said, like a, a person wants to give a shear. What if non-Jews show up to the shear? You're not allowed to teach a non-Jew Torah. So that's Lifna Iver. Ramosha said, that's them sort of hanging themselves. I'm, not, I'm just giving a shear. I'm doing nothing wrong. A Jew's allowed to give a shear. He wants to come? That's his problem. So over here, you're selling a forest to a person. Now the average wood is used for firewood. That's fine. He wants to take that fire. So by the way, according to this, it, meaning if you're machmer with this, you're not able to sell anybody anything. right? You have a store that you sell whatever. Uh, you have it now, what was it? Like there's certain cough medicine that could be used to turn into like meth or something that they have to like, you know, like they have to... You, you, you're selling someone who says he's sick. I need cough medicine. Fine. I maybe he'll take it, sell it, turn it into drugs. What am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm doing nothing wrong. I'm, I'm supplying a service that the average person is not misappropriating. He wants to do That's his prerogative. That's not Lufna either. Now, just to finish up the daf, very easy. Uh, we said in the Mishnah yesterday, but we're going to clarify, if you asser wine until the grain harvest, just to finish up because it's getting late, and after it's going to talk, ad ha-katsir. Now, katsir just means harvest, the harvest. So I said yesterday means grain. Why? Because when people, when people talk about the harvest, they mean the grain harvest. They don't mean the corn harvest. So, it doesn't mean barley, it means wheat. Because when people, when people say the harvest, that's what they mean. But says the Mishnah, the truth is it's all based on location. If in your location... People call the barley harvest the harvest. So when you say the harvest, you mean the barley harvest. It's, it's all based on location. Similarly, imhaya bahar, bahar, imhaya bibika, bibika. Meaning, you, you say, I swear I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat, I'm not gonna drink wine until the harvest starts. Now, where are you? You made the nether in New York City on a mountaintop. Then, a couple weeks later, you travel to the south. Well, in the south, the harvest is already over. You say, oh, my nether's gone. I said until the harvest, the harvest is over. No, you made the harvest in New York City. So you got to wait until the harvest is in New York City. It goes by where you are at the time of the making of the nether. So if you say, oh, I'm not going to do anything in the winter. So that means in the winter, I, you traveled to Brazil and the Brazil is the summer. That's not, that's, that, that doesn't work. It goes by where you were at the time of the nether. Similarly, let's say a person says, I'm not going to drink rain. I'm, drink, I'm not going to drink wine until it rains. What does that mean? So, it's Achi Hugashamim, or if he says until it is the rain, it's Achatera Revere Shnia. It's until the second rainfall. There's a Sugi and Tainus that there were different types of rainfalls, there are different Zmanim for rains. Zmanim and different rainfalls. Um, it's called the first rain, the second rain, and the third rain. And it had different, different dates. The second rain was basically any time after the 23rd of Cheshwan. So if a person says he's not going to do something until it rains, it means the second rain. The first rain in people's minds is not the real rain. The real rain is the second rain. <laughs> now, by the way, it doesn't mean the 23rd of Cheshman. It could be, it means from the second rainfall. That could be any rain, basically, after the 23rd of Cheshman. If it doesn't rain, if it's in a drought, it could be a month later. 
That's the Tanakama. Rav Shimon Leil disagrees. He says, it's until the 23rd of Cheshvan. It's not actually the rainfall. I mean, the Tanakama feels it's any rain after the 23rd of Cheshvan. Rav Shimon Leil says, no, people don't make Nadarim based on rainfall because you don't know when it's going to rain. It's based on dates. So it's the 23rd of Cheshvan. But what if someone says he's not going to do something until the rain season ends? When is that? Until the end of Nisan. So it's ear. Rishchaydish ear is the official end of the raining season is Rishchaydish ear. Which is interesting because we already stop asking for rain on the end of, the end of Pesach. So, which the end of Pesach is the 23rd? 22nd, 23rd. So, but he feels that the end of the raining season is officially Rosh Ear is the is the beginning of summer. And Divra Meir, the Tzar Meir, actually Pesach. This is no until the end of Pesach. It's not to, it's when you stop asking for rain, which is the end of Pesach, not the beginning of year. So it's a week earlier. Let's just finish up the Gemara. Tanya Begalil. If someone makes a vow not to do to do something until the harvest while he's in the Galil, Viyar Lamokim, and then he travels to the valleys. It's also until until. Um, until the harvest begins the Galil. That's what I said before. If you make a nether in New York City, and then you travel, it goes by where you were at the time of the nether. That's the point. In your mind, it's that date. So even if you travel, it's unaffected, and you're still usher until the Kayetz in Galil. All right, we'll stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow.